Chapter Five of *The Things in Our Garden* by Arthur Ransom. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Five: Their Own Gardens. Close by the wood at the bottom of the garden, there are two oblong flower beds, as told you in the first chapter. A white rose stands in one, and a red in the other. The imp grows the red roses, and the elf the white and these are their own gardens that they tend themselves often while sitting at work i look out of the study window and see far down the garden the two small people the blue sunbonnet and the broad straw hat busily nodding and talking about their work for all the year round in even a tiny garden there is plenty of work to do whatever is done by the old gardener in the big garden must also be done by the imp and the elf in their little garden plots even in the winter they are busy for then there are bulbs to be planted crocuses and snowdrops and hyacinths they get great fun out of bulbs such solid comfortable sort of plants as they are seen in boxes in the seedsman's window great boxes full of them like round brown balls sometimes at one end of the ball a yellow or pale greenish spike has poked its way out through the russet coverings and it is clear that somewhere hidden in the brown ball is life and that green leaves and a gay flower are only waiting to force themselves into the light the imp and the elf plant their crocuses and snowdrops in little clumps a few inches below the ground some time before christmas and then the snow comes and covers the earth and is swept away by the sun and falls again and at last clears away leaving the ground dark and moist when the green shoots appear and even in the cold weather the little white snowdrops nod and sway above the ground and are often covered once again by the snow even in their blossoming then the crocuses purple and orange tubes of color shoot up among their spiky leaves and open as they die and later the daffodils bloom in the children's gardens and hyacinths purple and pink and white and blue spires of gorgeous color then the long narrow leaves droop to the ground and wither and the bulbs are pulled carefully and laid away and kept in a dry place to be planted next year and given another chance of flowering with the early spring comes seed time the imp and the elf summon me from the study and we tramp off together to the seedsman in the village who has a big flat card and on it tied in bundles small paper packets of seeds every packet has on it a brilliant colored picture of the flowers that it is to produce a gorgeous promise of decoration for the garden plots each packet costs one penny but is an earnest of many pennies worth of happiness always the choosing takes a long time there are so many packets to choose from and ever the choice is the same in the end every year the seedsman smiles and bends over the counter and advises gravely and with much serious thought over the wisdom in choosing each separate flower every year he puts into two large envelopes the same selection of seeds packets of cornflowers because they are blue and jolly nasturtiums to climb the walls sweet peas to climb the sticks dwarf nasturtiums because they look so jolly on the ground virginian stock to make a border and poppies for a blaze 
we walk home full of eagerness for the sowing and all talking at once of the glories that the two little gardens will show when the cuckoo brings the summer then after lunch the two children walk down the path to the gardens with trowels in their hands and a bundle of split sticks begged from the gardener they dig a trench for the nasturtium seeds close under the wall and sow the pale brown husky things an inch or two between each they make round trenches for the dwarf nasturtiums and sow them in the same way and the poppies and cornflowers too only their seeds are so small that it is impossible to sow them separately and they have to manage them less carefully by shaking the seeds like fine powder out of holes torn in the corners of the packets then the sweet peas like little hard black bullets in round trenches in each bed then a long narrow trench not very deep all round each garden is sown thickly with virginian stock every trench is filled lightly in when the seeds are sown and the earth smoothed over the top of it with small fat hands and then greatest fun of all a cleft stick is stuck in the earth above each lot of seeds and in its split end is fixed the empty paper packet and with its gaudy picture to remind the gardeners of what they are to expect from the earth beneath then after some solemn walkings round and round the gardens and the whispering of mysterious words that none but the imp and the elf understand they come back to the house with the air of people who have done their share of the work and have only to wait to reap their rich reward but really there is a great deal more to do and the children do it though they always feel that the best part of the labor is done when the seeds have been safely nested in the ground as soon as the little green seedlings begin to show twigs have to be pegged into the earth all about them and black cotton and white stretched from twig to twig a warning network to keep the greedy feathered people from stealing the seeds then the poppies and cornflowers sprout up in thick green patches and have to be thinned this is a joyous and messy business the imp and the elf kneel on the paths that run round their gardens and pull out the weaker smaller seedlings one by one till only the finest are left with a little space of earth around each one so that they may have free room in which to grow and then a week later the thinning has to be done again and only the very biggest and very best seedlings are left to grow higher and higher and at last blossom into colour then the nasturtiums and sweet peas begin to loll and straggle feebly over the beds and another and even more delightful piece of gardening work must be done the nasturtiums must be trained up against the wall and fastened to it with little bands of cloth or string and a couple of tacks just as the old gardener trains his plums and green gauges in this piece of business the gardener lends the children his age and superior strength for as he says one blow on the tack is worth a dozen on the thumb and it is sadly true that the imp beat his thumbnail nearly black when he tried to do it himself from the woodshed behind the house they gather a bundle of tall sticks with the twigs left on them these are planted in the ground in the middle of the circles of young sweet peas the pea seedlings are deftly twined round the twigs they do not need fastening like the nasturtiums for they will climb easily for themselves clasping the twigs with their delicate tendrils and twisting round and up the sticks 
only as they grow taller we tie a length of cotton all round to keep the whole bundle of sticks and climbing peas firm and tight together besides sowing seeds we make sure of having our gardens gay by buying a lot of plants that are not easy to raise from seed ready grown from the nursery gardener we are lucky to have a good nursery gardener just outside the village we go round to his garden or as the elf calls it his nursery for little baby plants we go round there with big baskets on our arms and walk up and down his beds with him and see a gorgeous sight broad seas of pansies of the loveliest colors geraniums scarlet and pink and golden calcellarias and begonias the bright color of blood it is a fine thing to know that you have a little money to spend saved up since christmas and that you can buy the finest pansy in the world for tuppence and a geranium for a penny more we choose once and then change our minds and choose something else and all the while the nurseryman smiles he is a very patient man at last we decide and he uproots a clump of marguerite daisies here a pansy there and puts into each basket begonias geraniums and calcellarias in neat little red pots and when we have paid throws in a tiny blue verbena into each basket as a special present from himself for i'm a gardener and you're a gardener he says to the imp and we want to help each other and the imp feels very proud and offers him a white bachelor's button for a buttonhole for the imp has the white daisies because he has the red rose and elf has the red daisies because her rose is white what a chattering there is at the dinner-table after the buying of plants the elf talks and the imp talks and they talk hard both at once and promise us all flowers to wear as soon as the plants have been properly planted and then when dinner is over they go off to the gardens with trowels and plant the roots deep in the moist earth digging the holes neat and round keeping the earth on one side and then scooping it in again all around the plant and patting it down with the trowel to keep all steady the elf loves taking the geraniums and potted things out of their red shells if you simply take hold of the plant and the pot and pull you will probably break the stalk besides if you are wise you will want to plant it in the earth it has grown in to keep its roots unhurt so you hold the pot nearly upside down and tap carefully and gently with the iron trowel all around the pot suddenly you feel the earth loosen inside and then you poke your finger through the hole at the bottom and the plant in its earth comes cleanly out of the pot like a chocolate mould out of a pudding dish then you plant it like the other roots patting the earth neatly down all around it so that it mixes with the earth that has come out of the pot then watering and that is a jolly business too though it is hard work the imp and the elf have two little watering cans of their own one green and the other blue but they are very little and do not hold much water so that once upon a time they used to be always running up and down the garden path passing each other like two busy little bees carrying water from the tap in the ivy at the side of the house down to their gardens emptying the cans and running back again for more they used to envy the old gardener with his huge cans that carry enough water for a whole bed and were too heavy to be carried by either the imp or the elf 
but one evening when they were hot and tired i saw them come up to the house together leaving their cans by their garden plots they were talking so hard and their heads were nodding so eagerly that i wondered what new idea they had happened upon they went round behind the house to the woodshed and came back with one of the gardener's big cans they filled it with difficulty at the tap and staggered off together down the path holding it between them when they reached their gardens the imp sat on it very red and panting while the elf sat on the edge of the grass then when they had rested they got up dipped their cans into it and filled them watering the plants and filled the cans again and again in the most comfortable manner they always do it that way now they are very wise in their watering taught by the old gardener they wait till the sun has left the garden beds for it does no good to water a plant in the sunlight they water all around the roots of the plants so that each has a ring of moist earth about it i love watering flowers said the elf one night coming in they always look so grateful and indeed they do there is no sweeter garden time than when the sun has gone and the ground smells sweet after the watering as after gentle rain often we sit in the garden in the dusk watching the dimming colors of the flowers and the pale evening primroses opening their blossoms to the night moths it is then we think that evening in a garden is the jolliest time of all but then when morning comes and they bolt out after breakfast and the old nurse calls after them not to run on the grass that is wet with dew and glistening in the sunlight why then that seems the jollier time and again later when they lie on the grass and watch the bees busy about their gardens and listen to the low calm humming of them why then that time seems jollier still and again when they walk round looking at the flowers and picking buttonholes they think there can be no time so sweet as that so that really all times are so happy that they think each the best while it lasts but i who am an ogre and older than they love the evenings when we look at the rose trees and count the buds that will open in the mornings and watch the dying petals fall slowly to the ground and see the bat flitting about and the pale moths fluttering then as we think about the flowers and make stories about them and their lives and the fairies who live in them i think that evenings and gardens belong to each other and that we are lucky in that they belong to us also and that the imp and the elf are very lucky people to be young and to have gardens of their own to tend and the imp and the elf seem to think so too End of chapter five